Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, welcome to the second episode of the Two-Seater Podcast. I'm here again with my co-host, Jaden. What's up? And uh, we have another uh, nice sports episode here. This is mainly football-focused because there's a lot going on with the draft. As of the day we're recording this, uh, the draft is tomorrow. So we have some things to talk about that. Some crazy, some crazy news uh, broke yesterday about Gronkowski. And uh, we'll talk about Jacksonville and uh, potential trades uh, that will be made on draft day. So let's get into it. Yes, sir. All right. So first, Gronkowski was traded along with the seventh, seventh round pick for a fourth round pick and was sent to Tampa Bay. How do you feel about that, first of all, Ski? I think it's huge because now uh, Brady has a target once again. He has like one of his favorite targets back. And obviously, it's been a while since he's played. But I'm sure he hasn't lost a step. He's still obviously young. And I'm sure he's – I think personally, I think he's going to be a step up from O.J. Howard. Like I personally, I don't see what people – I don't see what people – what other people can see in O.J. Because like he's solid, but last year he had a touchdown. One touchdown. And he, he had – like, receiving-wise, I feel like he did fine. 34 catches, 459 yards. That's solid, but he wasn't a good red zone threat but at all. Tom Brady is definitely a step up from Jameis Winston, so I think he definitely gets touched, touched more touches. But because of Gronk, he gets less touches. Personally, I don't see this as a great, great move because we're forgetting that Gronk has been out of the game for a year already, which mm-hmm. he is in shape, but he's dropped a lot of weight. Like, if you've looked at him, He's dropped a mm-hmm. lot of weight. Now he looks more like a basketball player than you would see him as a football player. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's in football shape necessarily anymore. But, but I still think he can. I think he can compete. But he can definitely. He, contribute. He's gonna have to work. He's, he's definitely gonna have gonna to contribute. work. I just, and I think with Bruce Arians, I think he's a very good head coach. And I think he's a, he has a good football mind, so I think he'll be able to utilize both tight ends. And I mean, with Brady, I feel like even though OJ isn't the number one tight end anymore, I feel like you're still gonna see like a really good breakout season from him. Most definitely, but I think that we're not going to see Gronk as he used to be. We're getting that Gronk Mm -hmm. is 31 years old. He's rehabilitated the the entire year, and he he might Mm -hmm. be fresh, but he he still has those back problems, most likely, and he still has problems in his knees, I think it was. I think that's that's something you can't change, and I think he's going to be a step down from what he was. Definitely. Um, Okay, Who who do you predict? Is going to have the bigger year, Gronkowski, assuming he gets back in shape, or OJ Howard? Mm, I think it's Gronk because he has the the compatibility. It's already established with with Tom mm-hmm. Brady, and the chemistry between them is far away from any other tight end QB duo I've ever seen. Very true. Very true. Um, I do think Gronk is going to have a very good year. I think OJ might have a, a better year just because he's been like in Aryan system for. That one year. Well, I think so. I feel like Aaron's he's going to change it around a little now, bit more because Tom Brady does have some sort of say in it. That's very true. That that's one main reason he signed. He wanted a little little stake in like the off season moves and Coaching. probably the offense as well. I think that I think that Tom Brady's going to make a huge step up from last year. Yeah, I think not even just like because he's in a different system, like a good system now. Because literally it's, last year all we had was other players. Hogan walked. Yeah, Hogan walked, Amendola left. It was literally just Edelman and Michelle. That's like all we had, and I guess James White. I mean, people. But I see people criticizing now, that that he can't throw a deep ball anymore. But we're forgetting he never had a deep threat the entire year. It was basically Edelman, and Edelman just plays a slot. So yeah, Edelman's a solid slot receiver, but you don't see him going deep. Yeah, I you'll never see that, and rarely I you guess see him on a post. His breakout. I guess Brady's breakout game was when he had AB against Miami for that one game. No, if he, I think if AB stayed there, he would have had a huge year. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I mean, can you list any other Pats wide receivers? I mean, you, besides Edelman, I mean, I can list them, but it doesn't mean that they had the best year. I think Nikhil, Nikhil Harry definitely has a good, a good. Oh yeah, Nikhil Harry has promise, but he didn't have a great year at all. But then again, that Patriots system is. Unlike anything we've seen ever, so yeah, Belichick. I think Belichick will still make the make next season salvageable, even though he just lost your franchise quarterback. I think they'll definitely end up probably end up a six seed. If, I still think that they're better than Buffalo. Really? It's it's Belichick. Wow. Okay, well, this is the goat we're talking about right here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wait. This 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 kind of sidetracked from what was supposed to be a Bucks conversation. So where do you, okay? Where do you see 
the Bucks being next year with such a high-powered offense. They definitely make the playoffs, but I think they're in contention to win the division. It's going to be close. Oh, definitely. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun to watch. It's Matt Ryan in the Falcons. Assuming they get their stuff together this year. No, no the Falcons um, are doing that. But the Saints, that's the, those Saints and Bucks matchups that we're going to see twice every year is going to be I think, real entertaining, real entertaining. I mean, it's going to be entertaining, but it's not like anything we've not seen before. I think that. Mm-hmm. I think the Saints, the, not the Saints, the Bucks don't have a high-powered running back, though. I think that's their weakness. But they don't really, I guess, but they have they have two solid running they're, backs. They're, what is it? Is it Jaquiz Rogers? And um, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name now. But I think that I think they're definitely solid as far as I can definitely see them winning the division but for sure. Tom Brady doesn't really necessarily need a great running back. Mm-hmm. That's very true. The, his his ability in the air is just amazing. He has that. So I think I think he's definitely gonna. Or so it's Ronald Jones, which I oh, I always like okay. Ronald Jones. I think that he's I think he's like he's you know a decent. <laughs> He's decent. He's not the best, but he. I think he's definitely decent. I can see them. I think they'll the be serviceable if they ever need. If they ever need them, I think they'll. And yeah, they can the always draft. pick up running back. For I think the they go yeah. for J.K. Dobbins, um, in the draft. DeAndre Swift. Those guys are supposed to be late first rounders. Yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe early seconds. So it's possible. I think J.K. fits fits better because he could definitely catch it out the backfield. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, that covers most of it. I think we both can see Gronk, uh, you know, giving giving a uh, helping this offense more than hurting it. I mean, I think he's more of a role and, player though. This year. yeah, assume assuming he stays healthy, I think that the this offense is going to be something scary to watch next year. I'm very excited to see it. All right. So speaking of the draft, we're talking about J.K. Dobbins. And the draft is tomorrow, or at least when we recorded mm-hmm. this. Who do you think is the best player coming out of the draft? Or that's going to have the best Coming future? out of the draft. Oh, man. This is you – can't, you can't ask me that quite. There's so many good prospects coming out. Um, in my opinion, I'd probably say Chase Young just because of the type of athlete he is. I think he's going to be super, super nasty wherever he goes. Like, obviously – like all the all the drafts are projecting him to go to Washington, and like I think he's going to make such a big impact. Like from day one, I feel like he's going to be that edge rusher that's going to boost Washington's defense. And I don't obviously Washington is still in rebuilding mode. They don't even have like a solid head coach. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. They have Rivera, but yeah, obviously they're still rebuilding. They haven't made any like huge free agency moves, and Dwayne Haskins still needs to develop. But Chase Young is going to be a huge boost, and I think he's going to be end up being the best player in the draft. So. If you guys didn't know yet, I'm an Ohio State fan. And being that I watched all the games of Chase Young, and there's not one game where I was sat there disappointed in Chase Young. Even if Chase Young doesn't get the sack, he's making an impact on how the O-line is playing. And that I think that it's crazy what he does on a date or on a game-to-game basis. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Personally, yeah, even even if his stats don't show, the the presence he has on that field is gonna like is gonna give offensive coordinators he commands attention at all times. Exactly. Um, I think that if he can work on his power rush, he's definitely there, and he's definitely becoming a Pro Bowler, potential Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But personally, I think it's tied between Tua Tagovailoa and Chase Young. I think Tua is the best quarterback. In Do the you draft. think Tua is a high risk, high reward player as of now? I think he is, but I think he's staying healthy. He's mm-hmm. every time he's or well, the one time he did get hurt and he didn't come, um, and he came back, he played. He pl- he played crazy, and I think that mm-hmm. I think that he's gonna make another bounce back, especially in the NFL. I think that everything is just a complete player. He can do it all on the field. He can run it. He can throw out the backfield, or he can he can scramble out the pocket, throw it on the run, uh, play in the pocket, accurate. It's arm. He has the arm talent enough for it. I personally, I think he's better than Joe Joe Burrow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think. Everybody had Tua going number one until he until he had his hip injury, obviously, and like obviously Joe Joe Burrow is projected number one now, but that wouldn't have been the case. I honestly don't think that would have been the case if Tua stayed healthy, mm-hmm. even like with the season that Joe had. I think Joe still would have went number I one. Think, I think that Joe had just such an incredible year, which I'm not trying to take away from 
from anything he did. Mm-hmm. But I think that Tua is o- overall just a more complete player, and I see him. But Oh, yeah, I do too. Because, I mean, Joe Burrow had a great senior year, obviously, but, like, his the rest of his college career is kind of, like, it's it's kind of a big question mark. But we've seen Tua come up the moment he, he got put into that national championship game. We saw so much promise, and we know that, like, he. I think he is probably the most complete quarterback. Probably, probably but then sure. Joe Burrow did have to go against a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins, JT Barrett, mm-hmm. throughout the whole... Yeah, that's a, that's a loaded QB room. But, I mean, two also had to compete against Hurts. So, I think I think they both had some competition, but I, I do agree with you that Tua is probably the more complete quarterback in this draft. Most definitely. It's just the fact that he got hurt. I th- but I think he makes a full return. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that video of him throwing it. He looks fine. He mm-hmm. looks fine. If he gets 100% healthy and he becomes rehab, uh, I think he will definitely be a solid quarterback. Very good. Honestly, one. though, I can see the Bengals end up screwing this up, though, somehow. Knowing that it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's um... Well, let's, let's go ahead and run through, like, all the names that we... that or, Like, all the big names that are obviously talked about, you know, that uh, social media is going crazy over. We'll, we'll go ahead and start. Number one, Cincinnati Bengals. We're, we're, oh, by the way, we're looking at... Um, we're looking at NFL.com's mock draft. This is Charles Davis. We're looking at his mock draft. So he, ob- he like everybody else, has Joe Burrow going number one to the Bengals. What, do- what is his ceiling? What do you think is Joe Burrow's potential as a quarterback I in the NFL? I think Joe Burrow's potential could be – I mean, that's rough to gauge, but I think he's definitely – his ceiling is Hall of Fame. I think that his floor, mm-hmm. though, is um, – I mean, a g- a solid quarterback, I think that's definitely his floor. But what I mean by solid is one that's close to the Pro Bowl but not going to make it. So I think that's definitely his floor because he's very talented. Mm-hmm. But his ceiling could be potential okay. favor. I think it's really – I don't think it's up to Burrow because you obviously know he has talent. But when you look at, like, the the team that LSU had his senior oh, year, Thaddeus Moss, Justin, yeah, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson, like, it's – exactly. So – I think it's not it's not just on Burrow to be good. It's also up to the Bengals front office to surround him with talent. Obviously, you franchise tag AJ Green, which is a great move, I think, especially with Burrow because you have a really good weapon on the outside. But it's not just him. You know, you have Mixon too. But it's really just up to not just Burrow, but to the Bengals front office to surround him with talent and giving him like giving him good weapons to make sure that he succeeds in the league. Yeah, I think that he could. I think he could definitely end up like Carson Palmer, but Carson Palmer is a debatably Hall of Famer in some people's eyes. Mm-hmm. So, I think if he didn't have that down year, those down years in Oakland, then he'd definitely be – he'd have a strong case to be in the Hall of Fame just because he rejuvenated his career in Arizona. Yeah, I think that – I think that he has a good, solid career no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Do you if, – if Dalton doesn't get traded – do you see him starting over Burrow, or do you see Burrow taking the road, the reins? Um, personally, I think that they're going to end up starting Burrow, but I do think that if that's the case, then they sit him for a year. Kind yeah. Of do you do you think that? Yeah, it seems like the smarter way to let you know have him sit behind because obviously Kansas City did that with Alex Smith and Mahomes, and the next year Mahomes became an MVP, and he's one of the best quarterback. He is the best quarterback in the league as of now. So I think it's a smart decision. Is Cincinnati going to do it? Probably not. Andy Dalton's probably going to be on the move, and Burrow will be the day one starter. All right, and then number two, we got Chase Young. We spoke about him. What do you what do you gauge his his floor at? His floor? Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Um. Honestly, he, could, he just because he's such an athlete. Honestly, I don't. His floor is going to be probably <laughs> like maybe borderline Pro Bowl. Probably, like, what you said about, like, Joe Burrow's floor, like, a solid, like, on-the-edge Pro Bowler, but not, not like, god-awful or Pro Bowler, yeah. you know? Like, he's in that middle, he's in that middle ground. But his his ceiling can be, like, with the likes of, like, Strahan, another crazy defensive lineman. Like, I think he has that potential. Like, he's so, he's such a good athlete, and that's, like, you look at his highlights and, like, how much of a threat he really is on the edge – so I think with that and just, like, I feel like his ability to take over from day one, I feel like he's going to be so solid. And I think he definitely has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. Yes, I think that I think that he, he's sort of – I think everybody has sort of locked him down for becoming a future Hall of Famer. I think that mm-hmm. the talent is there and I, I see it. 
And I, I didn't watch college football like that, so I'm going to go to you for this because you're an Ohio State fan. Was he able to stay healthy through his years there? He was. I didn't see him miss a game other than the, the time he got suspended. But Or did you hear about the sp- suspension? So basically, um, a friend, a family friend loaned him some money to take his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl his sophomore year. And uh... so the, but he ended up paying it back. But uh, The NCAA finds out, suspends him for a couple games. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Even if sophomore year is producing. Okay, so, yeah, obviously there's no injury concerns. So I think that he has a lot of time to grow, and considering that Washington does good, does a good job building around him, he's going to be an, an elite Most player definitely. in the NFL. Let's go ahead to number three. We have Jeff Okuda, cornerback of, out of Ohio State, going to Detroit. What are he's your thoughts on this? He's a lockdown cornerback. I think that or studying his film, or as I've done and watching through all the Ohio State games, You'll hardly see him get beat, and I. You could honestly compare him to Darrell Revis because that—that's what I could see him as. Wow, that is hot. That's hot. I, I could see it. if you had watched his, or I think he's a a more complete Darrell Revis because if you watch the later years of Darrell Revis when he turned, when he didn't turn his back, he was getting beat every single time. But Jeff Okuda, he's he's athletic. He's fast. He has the ball skills. And I think that he's a complete quarterback. He could definitely do it all. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the swagger of a Deion Sanders, but I still think he's, he's top-of-the-line quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I, I think – so, wait, as a – because you're the Ohio State guy, who, what do you think his ceiling is going to be? What do you think his ceiling is Darrell Revis. Ceiling is Revis, is Revis caliber? Okay. And what is his, what is his bottom line? You can, can, you can make a connection to a current um, quarterback. Like a DRC. I think I could see him being close to like the bottom is a shorter Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which Xavier Rhodes was good in his prime, but now he's kind of cooling down, cooling off. And yeah, he's he signed he signed I with Indiana, that, hoping to I think that get the a fresh start. Lowest he goes is like a right now Xavier Rhodes. That that's the lowest I can see. Any okay. Shorter. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I think cornerbacks are such a big gamble, especially as a, like when you're rookies, just because you don't really see that. You don't always see that immediate impact. Like in Marshall recent memory, Lattimore. you can think of Marshawn Lattimore, hey, Marcus obviously. Peters, his, his rookie year, Marcus Peters, um, Malik Hooker come, uh, at, over in Indianapolis. He's he's always solid. Marlon Humphrey in yeah. Baltimore, but there's also a lot of cases where it's sometimes, like to, when you're a corner, you need to have confidence, and if you're a rookie like starting in your first year and you're the number one corner, which is going to be the case for Okuda because you shipped Darius Slay over to Philly. You need to, you're always going to need to have that confidence. And I feel like if he has to go up against some of the best receivers in the league and he gets burnt, that can really affect his career because he's not always mm-hmm. going to have that confidence. So I think it's a gamble, but I definitely think that there's a lot of upside to Okuda. Most definitely. If you had watched sure. the Clemson games, I hadn't seen T Higgins do anything for almost that entire game. Mm-hmm. He basically took him out. He isolated him out, which, mm-hmm. I think it's a testament to who Jeff Okuda could be, which is definitely like a Revis Island, because sometimes they would just have him out there by himself, no safety over the top. So mm-hmm. I think he ends up being a, a, at least a good player. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the fourth pick. Uh, the New York Giants select Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle out of Iowa. What are your uh, you can't go this? wrong with uh, offensive linemen from Iowa, especially when you're the Giants, because you definitely need that to protect your young, your young quarterback in uh, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. You give Nate Solder a huge contract, and he was utterly disappointing. So I think any kind of offensive line help is super big here. Uh, I saw a post that uh, New York was supposedly doing a lot of research into uh, Justin Herbert, which I think is kind of an eye raiser here because you already have Daniel Jones, young quarterback, and he obviously showed promise in what was a miserable season. But when you think about it, he had literally no offensive line help. Saquon did produce that much because of that lack of offensive line. So I think worse is the safer pick I here. Think most definitely. I think that Daniel Jones isn't going to be a franchise QB. I think that he's, he could be a good a good starting QB on a good team. Or a decent QB. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and there's also debate as of now. Do you go – do you load up that offensive line to protect Jones and take worse or – do you take the most versatile defender in Isaiah Simmons? They need they need to protect their young quarterback. I think that's the one point that they need. Because 
Mm-hmm. If you want Jones to blossom and become a you potential franchise quarterback, you, you need to give you him. You need to protect him. Every play, like he was. And I think Tristan Wirfs mm-hmm. potentially so. Definitely. Uh, what do you think his ceiling is going to be? Ceiling. Um... I have his ceiling being potentially a Joe Thomas caliber player. I think he can be I mean, a very a solid ce- offensive lineman. Very good. But. Mm-hmm. Floor, I feel like I feel like he won't even be that bad, honestly. Because he's projected to be the best out of the draft. And I feel like... I feel like you can't uh, I feel like his ceiling could be like an Andrews Pete. Like like a last year Andrews Pete out of New Orleans. I feel like he'll, he'll still be serviceable, you know? Like, I don't think he'll be like a... His, his uh, floor is not Pro Bowl caliber, but... I don't think I don't think he's gonna be the bad. The thing is that I will never I will never bet against the University of Iowa's offensive lineman system, and same with Notre Dame because they will continuously produce quality offensive linemen. So th- I, there's no way I mm-hmm. can see myself going against that. I think Tristan Wirfs is one. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. number five, probably the most talked about topic is Tua Tagovailoa. Going to the Dolphins at number five out of Alabama, what are your thoughts? I think on that this even pick? if that happens, I think it's sort of a steal because I think he'll end up being the best quarterback of this draft. Mm-hmm. We did touch on this earlier, and there's also been a chatter about uh, QB Justin Herbert going there, and it's like the safe pick for them. But I think Tagovailoa has a higher ceiling yes. than Herbert does, and I think if you sit, okay, okay, well, let's talk about that. Do you sit Tua behind a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, or do you start Again, him day one? I think it's beneficial for every single quarterback to to um, sit day one or for their first year and just mm-hmm. get groomed. And yeah. you're going to see the struggles of Fitzpatrick, and you're also going to see the, the greatness that is part of Fitz magic. So I think it's something that you can mm-hmm. learn from, learn the system. It's a whole new system. Yeah, and I think I think he's going to be able to grow, and you know, obviously, as that as that hip heals, you're gonna you're definitely going to see that potential that uh, what made him a put a lottery pick mm-hmm. in the first place. What do you think on, about him? Do you think he's better? Do you think he'll end up being better um, than Gilbert? Um, I mean, assuming that Devont that Devontae Parker plays still plays an elite level, and uh, you know, he's he's surrounded with talent on that offensive side of the ball for Miami. I think definitely that, that he can he can be better than Burrow. I All think right. it's possible. And then at number six, we got Justin Herbert. Which, mm, what do you think? I like this pick, but I don't think that you should. I don't. I don't know if it's like the right pick because think about it this way, right? All all off season. We've when Rivers left, we knew that they were going to be looking for for a quarterback, and I feel like L.A. hasn't really been in the it hasn't been talking about getting a QB from the draft. I feel like it's either been obviously what um what Anthony Lynn said that he wants to roll with Tyrod, which I don't think is a terrible idea because Tyrod has obviously proved he can be a good starting quarterback. But there's so many other like free agency moves you could have made, like take like pick up Cam Newton, who's obviously been working, Jameis Winston. I think there's just – I don't know if I can connect Herbert to the Chargers just because there's so much talk about the Chargers either sticking with Tyrod or picking up a QB in free agency or through trade but rather than getting one they, in the draft. I don't think they see Tyrod Taylor as uh, their future quarterback. And I think that they definitely no. could tr- groom Justin Herbert because he, he, at times he does remind me of Phillip Rivers. Uh, he could do it all. He's gritty, mm-hmm. gets up after a big hit. He His arm like, is insane. You can see that. You see that as pro that day. separates him from Philip Rivers would be his. He has legs on him, and I think that mm-hmm. he could he could scramble out the pocket. He can make throws in the run. He has that superstar potential, but he's very he was very up and down in college. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, do, um, obviously, in Davis's mock draft, he says that an OT will also be in consideration. Uh, do you think that is smart? Do you take an offensive tackle over Justin Herbert? If it if you're only narrowing down um, to those two I choices. think they take a quarterback because that's the most important thing in a franchise, is it not? I agree with you on that, especially because they made that big trade, uh, trading away Russell Okun for Trey Turner, who is a great offensive tackle in his prime right now. He's still very young, so I think obviously while offensive tackle help is going to be huge, I think that uh, Herbert is the smarter pick just because. If you're looking at that franchise long term, I don't think Tyrod is going to be there. 
I don't think he's going to be in that picture. So I think Herbert is a smarter yeah, pick. Yeah, most definitely. Let's go ahead and move on to number seven. Carolina Panthers taking Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. What are your thoughts? I don't think it's the best pick that they could that they could go and get. But I do I do think it would be a good pick. But personally for them, I could see them getting an Isaiah Simmons. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that any kind of defensive player is really good help to Carolina because you already have a good offense. You have a solid offense. DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Teddy B, you just signed Bridgewater. So your offensive side of the ball is taken care of. Matt Rule, and I think, is a very good – Matt Rule is going to be a very good coach for them. So I think that you really just need to address the defensive side of the ball in any way. And I think, obviously, Isaiah Simmons is there to offer that because he's one of the most diverse players in the draft. Or he is the most diverse defensive player in the draft. I think we can also see um, and I think Derek, I think Derek good, Brown's a good pick though, because he is the best defensive tackle pick, prospect in this draft. I could also see them trading down to like the the late teens or the early twenties and trying to pick up Jordan Love, because as we know, they don't really have a set quarterback right now. So you could also see that happen. Yeah, because I. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you paid Teddy B that money, I think he has to be yeah. number one option, right? And I think you can always pick someone later, later down in the draft, and then or if they he could takes over, then he takes if over. He falls to the second round, or Jordan Love falls to the second round. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I obviously you have a high pick here, but as long as you're adjusting that defensive that defensive side of the ball, I don't think there's, I don't think Derek Brown is a bad pick at all. But I feel like you can you can get a lot out of yeah. trading down if they consider that. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Number eight, Isaiah Simmons. Linebacker out of Clemson going to the Arizona Cardinals. What are your Personally, thoughts? I would like to see them trade down to, or not like mm. majorly, but maybe to like mm-hmm. uh, the Browns. And yeah, going to number so going 10, to number ten. Browns pick up a linebacker, which they or and safety, which they both kind of need at this moment. And and you mm-hmm. would see the Arizona Cardinals go for an offensive tackle. I think that could be. Can definitely be one of their moves, or they could stay there. Mm-hmm. Which the thing is, do you want to give up Isaiah Simmons, who's such a versatile player? Yeah, I think. <laughs> all right, so I'm I'm gonna. This might be a little interesting. Okay, so, uh, grow obviously growing up in Arizona all my life, it's like I've followed the Cardinals, and it's kind of like well, after watching last season. Obviously, Kyler needs help on that O line. But that was. defense was atrocious. And I don't really think it's Vance Joseph's fault. It's just the fact that that defense is so young. And you, you, didn't, have Pat Peter, you didn't have Pat Peterson for the first six games. That, that was the Chandler only Jones clip. was your only playmaker. Actually, that's a lie. Buda was there. Buda and Jordan Hicks are obviously solid. But they, Arizona desperately needs that, that, like, that another playmaker on that defensive side of the ball. And I think that Simmons can definitely provide that. But at the same time, you can trade down and get a solid corner defensive just any defensive back if you trade down like what you said like go to number 10 you know maybe get maybe get like a second rounder and we can take a corner out of that because Arizona doesn't have a second rounder after giving it to Houston during the D-hop trade so I think it's while I like Isaiah Simmons as a pick I definitely yeah, think that we should trade already. down and take maybe Jed yeah take Jedrick Willis maybe or or Mekki Be- Becton I think I think the offensive side of the ball right now is more important than the defensive side because we can definitely find someone later down later on in the draft, but we need a high caliber O line. Yeah, right I think that definitely at this point your number one priority should be to keep Kyler Murray safe because last year he was sort of running for his life. Mm-hmm. And he... mm-hmm, exactly, and we we can see what he does when he has a clean he pocket. Can like he can make up. some pretty insane throws. Exactly. So. Definitely, I think the the higher priority on Arizona's list is to uh, take take an offensive lineman. Um, I think there were there were obviously some rumors surrounding like us taking Jerry Judy or CD Lamb, and I'm kind of glad that 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 those rumors kind of went out the window after the D Hop trade, just because we have so many receivers. True, but I, think I don't you think it's a need at all. CD Lamb. CD Lamb is just one of those ones of the one of the kind wide receivers. And. Hmm. All right, so we kind of we kind of strung away from the uh, the potential. So let's talk about what is what do you think the floor, floor? is for Simmons? It's it's hard to do because he's so diverse. Like really, you can't really put him at a floor. I'm comparing. Oh shoot! I can't. 
I don't know one person to where I could find or actually coming out of the draft, uh, I think two years ago, I'm trying to think of that. Or he came out of Michigan. I forgetting his name. The, um, mm-hmm. Recently, the the Browns traded him. I'm forgetting his name right now, but I, that that's his floor. Mm-hmm. It's something Peppers. Yeah, Jabril Peppers. That's the lowest. Oh, no, Jabril Peppers going. Because Jabril Peppers could was known as a do it all type of guy. He could get. He could play on the offensive side. He could run safety, run um, small, small at linebacker. So, I think that's definitely his floor. Ceiling mm-hmm. is. I've never seen a uh, yeah. somebody who could be who could play in the box and also play um, in the secondary. So, I, he has potential to be a, definitely a Pro mm-hmm. Bowl, in my opinion. I see Simmons being a Derwin James type of player. Because uh, he's, what, 6'4", 220. That's a, that's a huge frame if you're going to be a defensive back. That is a mean, scary defensive back if, he, if you put him there. But I think even, like, the worst he can be is, like, a yeah. solid outside linebacker. Like, that's the worst you could see him play. Because he, he has good coverage skills. And, like, you, he has that confidence. He's going to have that confidence that he can play wherever he wants to. So I think he's a good fit for any kind of defensive picks him up. I mean, I definitely. think that whoever gets him is going to be lucky All because right. he's he's definitely one of the definitely a top five player out of this draft, but he's going to go solo because of the way that we're valuing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to jump ahead three picks. Uh, Kinlaw, Beckton, and Willis are all uh, they're all trench men, I guess you can call them. They're all they're all going to be prospects that are going to be in the trenches, and I think that they all are going to have a solid solid career. Nothing too much to talk about, I guess. I'd, I'd still take Wirfs over Willis as the top tackle prospect in the draft. So, if Arizona decides to select him, I wouldn't be mad. But he he's projected to fall yeah. to the Jets at 11. All right. So, let's go ahead and talk about the first wide receiver in this loaded uh, draft class. Uh, Jerry Judy, number 12 to, I think the, that he uh, to d- the Raiders. I think he would definitely fit the Rams more than C.D. Lamb would. Who do I think is the more talented? I think it's C.D. Lamb. But I think Jerry Judy is better fit yeah i think lamb's ability after the catch yeah um but i think that jerry judy has he's such a polished route runner so he's gonna be like kind of like an amari cooper i guess you could say not the best mm-hmm. or it's not hope, the but, best out so he doesn't have the but, same outcome uh great great route running his route running ability is insane mm-hmm. uh yeah i do like that pick um I think he's going to definitely fit into that Raiders offense because they definitely need some help uh, as of now. Like, it's literally just Josh Jacobs and I guess oh, – who's their – who's their breakout? They had a breakout uh, – yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, Darren Waller, definitely solid. So, I think if you can buff up that receiving core, you really don't have – you don't really have any other needs. In, like, in if you put the whole team into perspective. Like, the defensive side of the ball is solid. Gruden was able to make some very solid picks out of there. So, I think – that, if anything, you might as well just buff up your wide receiver core, your offense in general, and I think Judy does provide that. Do you see him being an, uh, a number one wide receiver in this? In the system? In this. Uh, Most definitely. He, he could run every yeah, route definitely. in the tree. I think that, which can make, he can play in the slot if you want him to, I guess you could say. Not the fastest, but if you want to, you can play him in the slot. You can play him outside, be a deep threat. Not the biggest deep threat. Um, I think they shines mm-hmm. in route running, so posts, corners, uh, and digs. I can see him running off. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll go ahead and talk about uh, let's talk about his floor and ceiling. I think that the best case scenario for him is like oh, a yeah. Marvin Harrison type player, because Harrison was able when you looked at uh, how he played. Harrison was a very good uh, receiver who was able to like. Maintained speed through cuts. He was an exceptional route runner, and he made a Hall of Fame career out of it. So I think if Judy can, I guess, not even match that, but, like, come close to that, he's going to be a very elite receiver for years to come, and I think he's going to be a very good player in the league if he does that. I think that could be an Amari player. Which? Mm. I think think that could be his worst, honestly. Like, obviously, he wasn't – he doesn't look. He doesn't look the fastest, but he's you know he's always like he has the ability to be to always be open because of his exceptional route running. And I think because I'm not as wild as that. Mm, okay. as I am with him as I am with CD Lamb. 
All right, well then let's go. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next pick. CD Lamb going number thirteen. To I the think 49ers. he's going to be the best wide receiver in the in the entire draft, to be honest. Which it's only between wow. him and Jerry Judy, but I've always okay. thought that that CD Lamb was better even in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. His ability to run after the catch is absolutely insane. I think his ceiling is like probably D Hop, just because his frame is so big. He has a though. great frame. Wow, he's he... big. He has that. That's true. But he does have that speed, and he has very good hands. So I don't think his play style is like, like, he's like a carbon copy of Hopkins, but his, his frame and his ability to just make plays on the ball, like, like uh, make plays after the ball and like in the air, I think yes. he can be a very good receiver. Very, very good receiver. Yeah. Uh, right, what are your thoughts? What do you I think, think I could see him as a de- – I think he's going to be a definite pro bowler. Um. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't see him Probable, his game Probable, not uh, translating to the NFL because of all know. the big plays that he could produce on a game to game basis, and mm-hmm. I just think that he's de- he's definitely gonna be the best wide receiver coming out of this class. Yeah, I definitely see that, especially because he is going to San Francisco with uh, offensive magician Kyle Shanahan. He's gonna be in that system, and I think he's gonna be amazing. Obviously, we saw what Debo Samuel did in his first year, and he. Was one of the best rookies out of uh, out of the entire draft, so I think CD has that potential to match that, probably even more. But obviously, San Francisco is a heavy is a run heavy uh, offense, but All right, and they can still do the some damage in there. That we probably should talk about is Henry Ruggs coming out of Alabama, wide receiver. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Hmm. Uh, I like this. I like him going to uh, Denver, especially because Drew Locke is going to need some weapons. Besides, no offense. And Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, so they they need some wide receivers, and I think Henry Ruggs is good, definitely going to be able to do that. Um, I don't know. Oh, he's not. If he he's can more be that like receiver, uh, Julian I don't know Edelman. if he has that potential. He's, he's that speedster. He's he's, I feel like he's that speedster. Obviously, that that. Yeah, he's. But I, mean, I think he, he could definitely, definitely be, be that, like a Sean really Jackson, threat, but you know? I think that his 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 abilities more match at like a slot position. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so what do you, what do you think Julian your ceiling Edelman is West Welker type player? And then oh, I don't wow. really have a floor for him right now, but I could see him po- possibly being a bust. Possibly. But I think that's the worst you could ever get. Really? Like, if worst comes to worst. Mm, okay. Uh, I definitely have him at, like, a D-hop, D-hop type receiver. You're not D-Hop, sorry, uh, D-Jax type receiver. Uh, definitely that that uh, scary deep threat. And I think the worst he could probably be, I don't know. I feel like he'd be serviceable, but I don't think he'd be like borderline Pro Bowl like we have uh-huh. some of the other prospects in here. Uh, there's two, I, there, there's a, two more, I think, that we can talk about here. First one is Justin Jefferson falling to pick 22. To um, the, they uh, definitely Minnesota do Vikings. need a wide receiver after losing Stephon Diggs, so I think that it definitely matches what their their needs are. Also, giving Kirk. Mm-hmm. I think he. I think he'll be a solid. Uh, he'll be a solid number two and receiver. And he's definitely a do it all type of definitely. receiver. You can do it. Um, you can see him run polished polish slants in the in the um he in can, the slot, but you could also see him go deep and make some big plays. We've definitely seen him go up and get it. He has that, that big playability. So I think that's a that's a good pick. And I think just because he's falling so so far in the draft in like in the first round, yeah, I think you can consider him a steal. Mm-hmm. Uh, his potential, I don't know. I could see him being a Mike Evans type player because he can go up for that deep ball, and he can also you know he's willing to take those hits yeah. like uh, in the middle of the field. And he can he can run the those last good slants. Player you want to talk about? Uh, QB Jordan Love going to number twenty-four, cool uh, New Orleans. I think that is a great pick because we don't really know if Taysom Hill. Obviously, we they let go of Teddy B, so we Unless. see Taysom Hill as the future QB one. But I think Jordan Love is a very good, um, like he's a good reserve or like backup plan in case Taysom doesn't turn out what we all expect him to be, which is a elite QB one behind you know following Drew Brees end. And I think Jordan Love, obviously, we all see the potential in him. He's obviously not like one he's of the top he three. is one of the top QBs in the draft, but he's not like top. He, yeah, he's not lottery pick material. So I think 
with that, like, we know that he has that potential. If you sit behind one of the best QBs in Drew Brees, I think that you're going to have a huge leap when you um, do get the I opportunity think that wherever. This it is. would definitely showcase if they believe in Taysom Hill or they want to go out and get um, a more traditional quarterback in Jordan Love out of Utah State. So I think that this would be, definitely be a testament to Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I said that was the last one, but we have to talk about the only running back that gets selected in the first round. Ironically, the last pick in the first round, DeAndre Swift, running back I mean, at Georgia, like going to pick, Kansas City, number I don't thirty-two. Think, I think it's a good fit, but I don't think he's the best uh, running back out of the draft. Mm-mm. You can definitely debate between Dobbins and Swift, and um, I feel like he's not going to get as many touches when you have Damian Williams, who obviously proved himself last year. I don't know of how many touches Swift will be Most getting definitely. over and then in the Kansas City have offense. Put, uh, Jonathan Taylor, which I think it's between Jonathan Taylor and um, J.K. Dobbins for the best running back in this year's draft. Definitely, definitely. But uh, when you look at the when you look at um, Davis's mock draft, you see a lot of uh, so it's very defense heavy going early. But um, a lot of those big names that are coming out of this draft are on the offensive side of the ball. So I think it's a nice balance in this first round. I think that a lot of these guys are going to have a great career. Obviously, we don't want to see any of these guys turned into busts. But um, if if you had to pick one of the guys that we talked the, about, who the you think is going to become a bust would be um, probably Yatur Gross Matos um, out of Penn State. I just don't see him as a mm. as a edge rusher that can consistently get you there. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I, assuming that Clowney goes back and resigns with Seattle, uh, I don't know how. I don't know how much damage uh, Matos can really do. I don't even know if he's gonna. I don't even know if he'll start on the line day one, just because of, like all the veteran pass rushers that Seattle does have. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's. I don't know if he'll be um, super. Him and out Brandon Ayuk. Wait. Wait. Okay, why receiver out of Arizona State? I feel like it's solid. I think because he's solid, but I don't Green think Bay that, definitely needs another receiver. I don't think he's gonna. He, I don't think he's first round pick material, in my opinion. I think he should be an early second rounder, but part of me, part of me doesn't see it. But mm-hmm. I guess I can see it. I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel Maybe. like he could be a solid number two and behind Devontae. The last topic topic we wanted to talk about was. Well, last question we want to answer is, is Jacksonville a toxic environment at the moment? What do you think? I think so. I think so. Definitely. Uh, Okay, so obviously we saw what they did in the AFC Championship game. They they had a breakout year. Nobody saw this coming. Jacksonville was the biggest trend in football. Blake Boyles was getting carried uh, behind Leonard Fournette in that defense, and the next year, it just completely blew up. Ramsey's having problems with the front office. He gets traded to he gets traded to L.A. Uh, A.J. Bouye is out the door. Calais Campbell goes to Baltimore. Leonard, there's rumors of Leonard Fournette going out, uh, being traded somewhere. And Yannick Ngakwe, their most recent pr- uh, player that showed promise, is supposedly uh, having severe beef with the front office, and he wants to be traded even though he just got franchise tag. So I definitely think that there is some... Personally, I don't think it, out in it's necessarily right the most toxic environment that could be played. I just think that they're trying to rebuild. And I think the reason why they signed in Gakwe, uh, yeah, I think that the reason that they did they is to not lose value and to trade him. Because if we're looking at it, they trade Nick Foles, AJ Bouye, Clay mm-hmm. Campbell. And that's basically all that. And really, the only signing that they really had was Tyler Alford, from uh, the tight end from the Bengals. Which oh they got iPhone and now they Cincinnati. got they're gonna have Minshew starting I think that they're just in a rebuilding type of phase right now yeah they're definitely in a rebuilding phase and I feel like like we knew that uh we knew that this team was young and obviously like there wasn't gonna be that much promise and Gakwe was their only real standout on the defensive side of the ball so I think the fact that I feel like they franchise tagged that uh obviously at first to try and keep, you know, that side of, like, that defensive, have that leader on the defensive side because, obviously, you moved Campbell and you moved Bouye. So now Ngakwe was all that you had left, but obviously he's not happy with the situation there. 
but you see things like Leonard Fournette saying uh, "Free my dogs" on uh, on Instagram Live, and oh, obviously which, he's not very unha- he's not very happy. He's going to get uh, being in Jacksonville just because he has nothing. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on the move. Uh, so I don't know. I just feel like uh, things aren't just aren't good in Jacksonville right now. They need they're in serious rebuild mode. And I feel like in a few years with Minshew under center, I feel like they'll be back in a similar place where they were with Saxonville. But right now, I just don't think it's the best yeah, place to be. I, I think, think that we can go back to the whole situation they had with Jalen Ramsey, which we can all see Jalen Ramsey is not the easiest guy to get to get or to get along with. But I think that we could also see that there were some problems going around mm-hmm. in the front office, and now we definitely see it within Glockwit and Gothway, um, criticizing even the owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're having a whole Twitter battle, which I think is definitely the best look for a franchise. Not at all. We have one more little topic, and I guess it kind of ties back to the draft. Uh, I have a list here from uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, The top, they're the seven most plausible 2020 NFL Draft Day trades. So we'll go ahead and uh, talk. We'll, We'll talk through some of these, all right? The first one on the list is uh, Josh um, Rosen to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think it really makes sense for them to do that because they already have um, a Minshew, Gardner Minshew, and I think that that's probably. I think they look at him as mm-hmm. their guy, right? For at least right now. Yeah, uh, but you know, Rosen has obviously showed some promise in both Arizona and when he did play in Miami, and I think the I I think the whole um, like circle around. Rosen is that he just doesn't have anything around. He literally has no hope, so that's why he doesn't look so good. And I think that's the case. Yeah, I think that's the case. Like, Rosen, he's going to be, if he does go to Jacksonville, he's going to be that serviceable backup. And I think think it's a good idea because if the Dolphins take Tua at number five, Rosen is going to be that he's going to be a young QB that probably isn't going to see the field that much. So I think if he does go to Jacksonville, he's either going to show some promise with DJ Chark and D.D. Westbrook, Leonard Fournette, uh, in case in the event that either Minshew struggles or he goes down, and I think Rosen can kind of rejuvenate his career there. I think I think it's a solid pick, especially with this list. Uh, he has Miami giving a uh, getting I mean, a six round pick would, for Rosen. I think, would, I think that's a solid idea. Be- I think it'd be a better choice if they sent him to a place like the Raiders or someplace like that. I think that the Raiders would be a good fit. Yeah, I think with definitely like a bigger QB situation, but the Raiders do also have Mariota at the backup and uh, you know behind Derek Carr, so it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, but I don't think this is a bad. I don't think this is a bad trade at all, especially just having that roster spot that Rosen takes up. And if two is going to be the right. QB, there's right. no point in having Rosen. Number two, be a big, be a big to Seattle, move for Seattle to um, rejuvenate their line. And- Mm-hmm. Oh. And obviously, Ngakwe doesn't want to commit long term. It makes sense, or to, even be on the team at all anymore at this point. So I don't think it's a bad idea. And I think that uh, Seattle could def- could definitely put one of those on the move and bolster their line. Mm-hmm. And assuming that Clowney does not want to come back because they're not so sure, they're not sure if they want to bring Clowney back. Clowney doesn't know if he wants to take that. Clowney obviously doesn't want to take that money, that uh, that lower money. That's why he's been holding out for so long. Uh, I think that Ngakwe can be a good, uh, can be a good replacement. Obviously, because he's he showed promise this past year, and he's still very young compared to Clowney, who's already had his time in the league, and he hasn't showed too much uh, other other than like his his final year in his contract out in Houston. So I feel like Ngakwe is a safer I think pick. It'll and work I, for I'm both sides. You mean that they get him out of the um, they get him out of the AFC, and they also um, pick up the picks that they need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we can talk about two more here. Uh, there's one about Trent Williams going to Cleveland, which I think is good because he's not happy in Washington. But, I mean, it's there's not too much to talk about there. It's a good, it's not a bad pick at all. For a second rounder, you're getting a really good offensive tackle who really just doesn't want to be in Washington. And I think uh, Cleveland needs more offensive linemen to protect Mayfield because of his down year last year. And that's really all I have to say on that. So the last two... I think I don't have a trade scenario for them, 
and neither does his list. But two people that I feel like are going to be on the move are Leonard Fournette on draft day, obviously, because there's, they're trying to shop him now after his comments about trying to sign Cam Newton and not having faith in Minshew and saying free my dogs on IG Live. I don't think he has the best relationship with the front office right now. So I think that's another, that's another player that you can potentially see on the move. I don't know where he could go. Possibly Miami, uh, because they don't have a solid running back as of now. They I think go we can definitely see them also move make Kenyon Drake over to Arizona. Seattle again to give him another a great, a good run back. Mm-hmm, because Seattle's running backs went down real quick last year. Chris I Carson, think, I, I don't know if Chris he's Carson's the best number one option for back, Seattle. I think that Leonard Fournette would be a good fit with that. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. He's that big burrito back that can break some tackles, especially behind Seahawks' uh, questionable offensive line. And finally, Jamal Adams, safety from New York. I see him going on the move. Not 100% sure where, though, because I feel like, obviously, there's going to be people that want him. But um, where do you think I Jamal think can go, from, uh, assuming he does get traded from New York? And at least in the media's, media's eyes, I think that... Mm-hmm. I think that the Jets are definitely going to put him... Part of me would, wouldn't see why the Jets would put him in a trade because he's such a good good young player. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he definitely doesn't have that confidence in uh, in New York anymore, especially with uh, the way Adam Gase has been running it. So I'm not 100% sure how or if, if he even does get traded, but... If he does, I feel I like Cowboys the are probably the best, end, uh, probably the best move some sort of trade for them. During the season, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, definitely to put him alongside uh, Buda Baker. And I think that that, that would be that playmaker that, um, that Arizona's going to get on that defensive side of the ball that would replace Isaiah Simmons. I think that's a definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So yeah. I think that's, that's really it, huh? That's really all I have to talk about. All right. Well, um... We thank you all for watching uh, the second episode of the Two-Seater Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, make sure to stay tuned for next week. We'll talk about probably the best the best uh, outcomes of the draft. We'll talk about hopefully some basketball next week. Hopefully there's some more news. Uh, we'll talk about some predictions. But, um, yeah, that should be it for this um, episode. First of all, stay uh, safe. Jane, do you have any last and words? And wear your mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, we hope you guys stay safe, and we hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next